Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game. I get a lot of questions from people on uh, wanting to pick my brain, wanting to ask me about what I do, how do I do it, all kinds of things across the spectrum. One of the things I try and answer back with is there's a few different ways that we can work together. People can either um, participate by being a buyer, being a seller, or being a partner, and that's really the best way to learn. So if people have questions that have reached out to me, the best thing to do is jump on www.nicknicknick.com. And you can schedule a consultation if you're looking to sell properties, buy part properties, partner on some deals, or just get a general consultation to see where we can even fit in and where we can do business together. On any level, there's options for that to set some stuff up. So please visit www.nicknicknick.com to buy, to sell, or to partner on real estate deals or opportunities. That is the place to go. That is the best way to start making money and learning the process. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is the one the only mr chris kelly from Faso, florida we are uh we are on some fun group texts together we're in a mastermind together uh, i've been talking and doing some stuff um we're just talking about some meetings we've been in and just bouncing stuff across but um chris is a guy that i've i've known for a couple years now and i wanted to get him on because it was interesting watching a lot of people post the stuff that they're doing and there's a lot of silent assassins out there in the real estate world that are absolutely crushing it that people might not know about because they're not necessarily as loud on social media. And Chris is absolutely one of those guys. He's extremely smart. He's killing it right now when a lot of other people are slowing down. He's revving up and he's doing some stuff in Florida and some uh, some areas that are really competitive and he's doing things a little bit different, but he's making a ton of money. And uh, we decided more people need to know about what Chris Kelly is doing. Um, so just wanted to kind of jump in and help him get him out there. So um, I'll let you do a quick intro on yourself and then I'll jump in and I got a, a bunch of questions that I am uh, definitely going to start pelting you with, but uh, wait, Mr. Chris Kelly. Yeah, hey, thanks for the uh, very kind introduction, overly kind introduction there, <laughs> uh, Nick. So yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's funny we 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 got chatting about this, didn't we? Um, about people, you know, doing a lot of posting, not a lot of posting. You know, it's always something that I've I've not been uh, I've not been a big poster, but I, I'm I'm trying to get better at it. Um, but a quick introduction about myself. Um, you can probably already tell by the accent that although I am uh, live in Florida now, I am not exactly your average Florida native. Um, so I was born and raised in uh, the UK. Um, I'm a, um, and I moved over here uh, to the United States about six years ago now. I think it's six years. So uh, yeah, we've been, um, I came over here. Um, I had a, what would you call an estate agency back in back in the UK where you it's kind of like a real estate brokerage that's that's the best way I can kind of define that quickly um, so uh, so I got my rental properties back in the UK um, that I built up I moved into uh, more brokering properties moved over here to become a, a you know a real estate agent didn't really love it and um, realized I spent a lot of my time wasting my time and um, 
got more into to flipping houses and um, and that that's that's what my focus has been on so you know i got my general uh, my broker's license uh, got my uh, general contractor's license and um, flipping single family seems to be my my thing at the moment you know if you've read the <laughs> impact plan that's that that's my pumpkin is uh, is is single family you know below 300 grand you know in in certain areas of Florida. Um, so I could elaborate more on that, that particular niche and pumpkin, but that's, that's a broad, a broad brush and broad stroke. Yeah. I love it, man, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think coming over here, it's funny because people that live in the Florida area, you know, it's, I hear people always saying that there's no deals, there's no opportunities and there are things other places. And then you have somebody come in and start to do so well there. So, um, and I know you mentioned that book before. I definitely want to ask you more about that book, but yeah. for people right now, I know it's, it's a mindset thing because I've looked at Florida before. And I remember I was listening to, I think it was Lee, Lee Kearney. And then after it was Raphael. And then there was like five or six other people that we know that are all big players that are doing a bunch of deals. And I was like, where are you guys all investing? And they were all investing in Florida and they were all in the same city. And I was like, man, all of you guys have six figure a month businesses and you're all investing in the same city. And then I'm talking to people every day that are going, there's no deals, especially in Florida. It's too competitive and people are coming in and crushing it. And I know the area that you're in, um, I should hook you up with uh, Maggie. She's one of the biggest um, real estate developers actually in uh, the Naples area. She's got like a whole construction thing, whatever. But, um, but you're coming in in an area that people are shying away from and you're doing a lot of really great deals. Um, what kind of stuff are you doing? Because I know... Um, I, I definitely want to hear a little bit about how your strategy has changed from pre-COVID uh, lockdown to post because you and I have been talking on that group text and I know you shared a lot of really cool data about what's really happening because that's what we've been going back and forth on a lot is this is what they're saying on the news, but these are really the facts. And you've been posting, uh, I see you're doing some videos and stuff that's really cool too, but for anybody who's following you on social media, every like few weeks you're posting some actual stats and some actual data. And that's really the stuff we pay attention to because the news isn't telling you the tale. The data is telling you the tale. And I, I've said multiple times, but I don't even consider myself somebody who buys and sells real estate. I consider myself somebody who analyzes data because the data will tell you everything that you need to know with no opinions. That's all facts. So um, definitely talk about uh, your business model of what you do specifically a little bit before and some of the things you've adjusted for what's happening now so i think there's a lot of questions there i've just made a couple of just notes there to try and try and cover a lot of those points but forgive me if i don't and and, and if i don't circle back and and and, and sure. make elaborate but um let's start with you would say da data uh data um <laughs> let's start with data um i'm going to link firstly data with your question about what's working for us now okay we um and where we're finding deals. So we um, we started out, uh, or I started out, the first house I flipped I just found on, on Craigslist. And um, I actually wasn't sure if it was a bit of a scam or not because they weren't like listed with a realtor and license and all the rest of it. Anyway, did a lot of research on the title company. I even remember actually driving to the title company to see if it was a real place. You know, I didn't want to stick all of my cash in this thing. And anyway, um, so that's how kind of naive I was to the whole thing. You know, I was, you know, fresh off the boat as they, said, as, as they would say. So um, once I realized that, you know, I could make a lot more money flipping a house than brokering a house, um, 
I then talked to um, my brother-in-law and I just said to him, you know, look, um, looking by some of the websites that are going on, remember this is 2015. Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of great websites. Not, it's not as competitive as it is in the UK. You know, the UK was a, I always called it a, a small, font, small pond with a lot of people fishing. There's a lot of fishing rods. The US is a massive, massive pond with, yeah, there might be more fishermen, but if you look at it in terms of the size that, you know, of the pond, it's, it's exponentially less competition. So I was like, you know, where I am, there just doesn't seem to be that great a website. Nobody seems to be crushing it. You know, why don't we give PPC a go where we know we'll, we'll, we'll take some of our savings. We'll, we'll do a bit of advertising on PPC. Once we get a deal, then we'll stop advertising on PPC. We'll fix it up, uh, sell it, and then we'll turn the PPC back on again. And that's how it, how it began really. And just, I don't know whether it was luck or, or, you know, the gods or what it was, but honestly, it was like the second or third PPC lead I got was a house in Port Charlotte. And, um, the guy was like, yeah, I've moved out into Texas and, um, you know, I've not been to the house in, in years. It's pretty overgrown now, I think. Um, Zillow is telling me it's worth 120. He says, but it needs more work than that. You know, I said, okay, well, what, what would you take for it? It was like 32. <laughs> I was like, deal. You know, and that was honestly like the second or third PPC lead we got. Now, is it always like that? No, of course it's not always like that. But I knew then I was like, there's something here. So we, we worked more on our PPC and um, coming into the, the data side of things, a real eye-opener for me was after I, let, I met Lee um, and joined you know, his, 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 his advisor, the advisors council and Brian and Francis and these guys, I went up to Jacksonville and um, PPC for us before Jackson, I went to that, that, that training in Jacksonville was just, it was a bit of a spray and pray. We were literally going, you know, here's Naples to Tampa. Here's Tampa to Orlando. Um, let's just kind of draw a big, you know, draw some circles, some, 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 some radius that cover that area. And that, that's where our ads will show. And after I left Jacksonville, I was like, that's a bad strategy. What we want to do is we want to analyze the data. What we want to do is we don't, somebody on Casey Key, you know, in, in Sarasota, you know, there's literally like Steffi Graf's house and there's, um, you know, uh, who's the guy who writes the horror books, uh, Stephen King's house, right? They're not going to sell their $50 million house to us for 50 cents on the dollar, right? What we need to do is we need to focus on the hot zip codes. We need to focus on areas that there's, there's spread, areas that cash buyers are buying. So, you know, my brother-in-law being a statistician, we really looked at pulling MLS data and we really began to weight um, zip codes against each other. And it's not just, you can't just look at it and go, this zip code had a thousand transactions in the last, you know, six months, whereas this zip code had a hundred. You can't go, well, that zip code is 10 times better than that one because what happens if the one that had 10,000 transactions has got a populace of a hundred thousand people? And what happens if the zip code that's only got a thousand transactions has only got a populace of say 5,000 people? The, 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 the ratio of population or, or houses or roofs or whatever to um, volume of, of property sales moving is greater in the smaller zip code. So you've got to weight all these things. You can't just, 
you can't, you've really got to analytically think about the zip codes that you want to approach and attack. And, um, you know, don't, and I think this is where a lot of people say to me, you know, PPC doesn't work, PPC doesn't work. I think we've taken data to the next level in terms of where we analyze zip codes, a median house price, um, you know, single family, you know, so on and so forth. We've really drilled down into that. And, and you can apply that to, once you've got that, I guess you can apply that to whatever channel of, of, of marketing you're using, whether it be direct mail, cold calling, you know, texting. So I just think that a lot of people are kind of going, you know, I'm in, you know, whatever city, I'll just pull data from the whole city. It doesn't, it's not going to be effective for you. No, I think that that's absolutely uh, spot on. You know, the, the thing that I, I've, I've really learned to love about real estate is, again, if you can analyze that information, it's almost like a crystal ball of knowing these are the amount of people that are looking for this exact house in this exact price point, and you know how long it's going to take to sell it on average, you know yeah. how far off the asking price versus what the sale price is going to be. You could tell the concessions. You could tell everything. So if you can figure that out, you know, basic sales is you want to be selling what the most amount of people can buy. So what you're figuring out is the best zip codes in a competitive area to know that if I go and I can get this property at this price, here's proof showing me that I'll be able to move it at this price in these amount of days. And again, what I, I like about what you said was affordable housing. Yeah. I've had a few people try and pass me deals in the last couple of months, which is the absolute worst time for it. But they're like, hey, I got this deal there's like $160,000 spread in it that we could split if you find a buyer. And then it's something that's got like a six or $700,000 ARV where the average affordable home price in that area is maybe 250, 275. And it's like, yeah, you could sell that, but what are most people buying right now, especially right now with COVID, you know, the, the higher price stuff, it's going to be harder to get loans for a lot of investors that are going to be paying for that stuff, but people still need to buy and sell homes. So I like the, the fact that you're trying to target not necessarily the ones that have the sexiest spreads, but the ones that will consistently sell and make you money. And I think that information that you're getting and that, that plan that you're doing is what separates you from somebody who reads a book or takes a course and goes, I want to get into real estate and comes back and tells me it doesn't work. There's no deals versus somebody that actually treats it like a business and handles it that way to build like a pipeline. You know, I think that you're, the extra steps you're taking is what separates somebody who has long-term success from somebody who treats it like a hobby and is in and out and then goes to, you know, sell things in e-commerce three yeah. months later. But you, you know, you mentioned that, but even like Raphael, what, what I liked about him is he get it even more granular than zip code. Something that he, now we can't do this with PPC, not that I'm aware of, but he might go, look, this is a zip code, but everything this side of the highway I'm interested in, everything that side of the highway. So he'd carve out pockets within the zip code. And, and, and that's how people, you can get higher ROIs if you know what your market is and you know what your, your, your thing is. And that brings me back to the pumpkin plan. Um, you know, you, you've, you, the idea, the premise of the book, for anybody who's not read it, is um, these people who, who um, grow vegetables, right? And they, they, it's not something I'm familiar with, massive cabbages or, or, or turnips <laughs> or, you know, like when we were at school, we grew, we grew huge sunflowers. And um, this guy is basically saying, look, a, a guy who grows pumpkins, if you want to, you know, grow the biggest pumpkin in, in, and, and beat all of your competition, You've got to focus, focus, focus on that one pumpkin. 
even if it means as little pumpkins grow around it, he's like, you've got to kill them. Kill those pumpkins off. He said, because those pumpkins are going to take the nutrition away from your main pumpkin. Okay. And I think this comes back to like people chasing shiny objects. And this is definitely something I've been guilty of in the past. Definitely. You know, some people are like, oh, I'll do a bit of multifamily. Oh, I'll do a bit of this. I'll do a bit of wholesale. I'll do a bit of fix and flipping. And, you know, I'll do a bit of this. And, I'll, and actually, I think we've, we've talked about this, you know, in before over the, the year or two. And I think your big, one of your biggest challenges you've said to me is, I don't know exactly what I want to do, you know. And it's also, once you've decided what you want to do, you just got to do that. And, and we've really looked at our pumpkin and I've said, look, it's, it's a, it's, it's sub the ARV has got to be sub 300,000. Okay. It's got to have a light rehab. No, we, we, we tried doing a few heavy rehabs always took too long or it cost too much, so on and so forth. Okay. So it's light rehab. Uh, it's sub 300,000 as an ARV. It's in areas of Florida that I have MLS access to. It's in, areas of those areas of florida that, that that are what we define as our hot zip codes um it's single family um it's 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 all of those things and and there's a minute that something does not hit that criteria it's it's an instant no for me um somebody sends me a, a wholesale deal with an arv of 350 we don't even look at it anymore well maybe we would look at it but we'd still only offer them we, we'd underwrite it at resale of 300 if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Again, like what you've just said is, is what's, what's the median income? Why, why, why are we looking at, you know, the, the really big houses when the buyer pool for those houses is, is, is so small. That, that's not. So, um, so I would say to people, yeah, define, define your pumpkin, define what works for you. It's not just an advertising stream. It's not just multifamily or, you know, single family or whatever. It's a combination of probably, 20 things that you've got to ball up into into defining what you do and what what you do the best because then you will you will you will crush it you will you you'll be amazing i think same old adage about you know somebody who removes appendixes you know they don't then the next day go and work on people's teeth and then the next day you know decide that they're a brain surgeon they make <laughs> they remove 10 appendixes a day and yeah is that boring Maybe, but can they do it with their eyes closed? Yes. You know, that's, that's what you, that's, that's what I've noticed. And I'm particularly, you know, like my mentor, Lee, that's what he does. And that's, that's how he's made millions and millions of dollars doing that. Um, so you asked before about, you know, what's working for us. You asked about data. Um, I guess we'll come on to the COVID questions now. And then the, what I am posting about data regarding COVID is so pre COVID, we were um, we were spending about fifty thousand a month on PPC, um, and you know that was bringing in you know two hundred and fifty three hundred grams of, of of revenue, um, and we were sometimes taking a little bit of a flyer on on properties. We were like pin, pin some people call it pin the tail on the donkey. You know if there's not if there's not a huge amount of comps. You know maybe if there's only one comp and you can you can still kind of go, well, my gut is that, you know, it'll resell for that. Okay. So we, you know, that was fine. Um, COVID hit while I was in um, Puerto Rico, really for me. <laughs> I, mean, I guess it hit before mid-March, mid but the dawning of realization 
really came on that, you know, I remember it because it was it was Tuesday, the you know, it was a St. Patrick's Day, the 17th. So it was that Monday, the 16th, that I really came back to the office and said, we've we may have a, a big problem here because our our plan B was always if we can't sell it, we'll rent it. And then I started thinking backwards and going, yeah, but what happens if nobody can rent it? What happens if we put the tenants in and they can't pay the rent? So I really started looking at that and going, you know, we're in a, we're in a, a bad, we're potentially in a bad spot here because we've got all these houses, some were under, you know, I say construction again, light rehabs, you know, we're only talking about laminate floors and things like that, but it still takes a few weeks to turn them around. And, um, and so I really looked at that and we really looked at our deal calculator and said, from now on, if we're buying, we're not pinning the tail on a donkey. We're not um, buying, if it, even if it's just a little bit out of our, our comfort zone, if we're not 100% comfort, comfortable with it, we don't want to catch a falling knife, you know, we're out. So we definitely, we are definitely now underwriting deals harder. We've changed our deal calculator to, um, instead of having a minimum, you know, $15,000, $20,000 profit, it's, you know, we've bumped that up a little bit. We've bumped up whole times a little bit. We've, we're getting harsher on our comps, but we're getting harsher on our, you know, potential rehab budgets too. So we're getting a little bit harsher in our underwriting standards. We stopped PPC for a while there, just even if it was about two or three weeks, just to see where this went. And that's where I really started then posting to your point about data and, and, and what was happening in the marketplace. Because to my surprise and to my delight, um, showings continue to happen. And I think everybody ended up seeing this. Um, you'd got a situation where if you were looking at the data where people who were owner occupants were taking their houses off the market, they were saying, right, temporarily off market. It always comes back to supply and demand, right? So you've got now supply declining because people are a not listing their houses and and b people that were listed taking their houses off the market for a while so supply so i looked at the the mls data and i can see that supply is going down rapidly but then i'm also looking at you know pending sales and it stayed actually fairly consistent and we were getting showings now there's no way i don't think of me seeing how many showings were going on, but we were getting showings because our houses were empty. They were vacant. They were clean. Um, we came up with not particularly innovative. Everybody did this, you know, we did more virtual stuff and, and I even did videos, um, you know, like fly throughs of the houses and all this kind of stuff, just anything to, to attract attention. Um, but um, we realized that there was still demand but we realized that supply was going down. So then I really started every week just looking at the, the, the last week's data and the last week's data. And I noticed that closings were still happening. People weren't running away from deals. I mean, it did happen on a couple of our deals where people said, mm, a little bit squirrely about, but nothing major. It was no mega catastrophe. I noticed that pending sales were still happening. And I noticed that after a week or two of watching and tracking this data by end of March, early May, uh, um, early April, pending sales were going up and supply was still going down. And I was going, holy, wow, this is, this, this is really gone the exact opposite way that I thought this was actually working almost to a benefit than a, than a, a, a um, what's the word, like a, a disaster. You know, I thought that, that 
financial markets were going to cease to gridlock. Um, it didn't happen. And I think maybe that's, again, maybe that's the media. And you kind of like, you sat at home watching the media going, oh my God, shit's in the fan. Oh my God, shit's in the fan. But then when you come to the office and you looked at the data, I'm not talking about the, the, the in terms of uh, mortality rate and, and COVID data and, you know, how many people, I'm, I'm not relating this data to the virus. I'm relating this data to houses. The data was like doing the exact opposite. Um, it was going, you know, in, in the real estate investors favor. Um, so, yeah, so, so I just keep tracking the data and, and it was Mark Evans that always says, you know, what's the data, not the drama. And, and, and I didn't want to get involved in Facebook in the drama and my, my, my beliefs about whatever I believe. I just wanted to stick with housing, uh, cause that's what I know. And, I just want to keep posting that out there and saying, look, the world hasn't ended. People are still buying houses. And and um, and now what we're seeing here today, um, as we get towards the end of May, um, we're seeing that pent-up demand. So, so we're seeing the buyers that were on the sidelines realize and go, oh, God, this isn't 2008. This isn't our huge opportunity to make a killing and wait for real estate to go down to, to, to dust again. They're going better get back in the game. And we're also seeing pent up demand in people who have been in some sort of quarantine situation, whether, you know, the parents or the parents in law or, or, you know, whatever. And they're going, right, finally, you know, we can move out and we can get on with our lives and let's go and buy a house. Um, so we're seeing, you know, record numbers. I was, I was talking to a mortgage guy yesterday, uh, Corey Banks in, in, in Florida. And um, he had, I sent him a, an application yesterday for actually my personal residence um, that's coming up to, to, to refinance. And he said to me, yeah, I'll get to it when I can, Chris. I've had, um, I've had more mortgage applications in the last two days than I normally would do in two weeks. Wow. That's crazy. Hold on one second. I'm just going to shut this window. Sure. Sorry about that. No, dude, I, I love that saying, the, uh, the data, not drama. I, I remember Mark Evans saying that. And, you know, most of Facebook is people commenting and feeding that, that fire of the drama. And I'm just trying to sift through and just watch what's really happening. And that's, uh, I think, a really interesting thing. So, you know, we, we did discuss focus and that, that was a big thing for me of what should I focus on? So obviously I have deals that are already in play that I wanted to finish up. But to your point, as I was, I mean, I, I went into this like information overload mode for probably the first two weeks because everybody started having a webinar or a class or something about how to adjust. And I was like, man, one of the things that I felt really affected me in 2008 when the market crashed was I was so new and there wasn't enough of a, a social media community or network that I could talk to other legitimate real investors about what to do. So I was trying to figure it out. And I, you know, similar to boxing, the punch that knocks you out is the one you don't see. So I was like, man, I don't want to get caught this time and have to say, I didn't do my part of getting enough information to make an educated decision. So I probably went too deep into getting that. And then at the end of it, what I found is exactly like you were saying is, it seems like, yeah, maybe some hard money lenders are backing off and maybe some cash buyers that are buying from wholesalers are backing off. But the retail buyers 
are still getting loans. Yeah. So it became a really good thing where I definitely want to hear more about maybe not necessarily wholesaling, but wholetailing was a really great strategy right now to maybe get some of the motivation. And, and, and I didn't have to go and start buying all these new lists of data. I could work with some of the stuff we already had because quite the opposite. It worked in our favor that some of these sellers that thought that they had us, that they were in the control and they could call their shots because their phone was ringing from everybody who's pulling every list from list source. All of a sudden now, those investors went away and now their phone isn't ringing. Now they're going, well, crap, I wish I would have taken that guy's offer four weeks ago because now we can't do these things. So I actually found that there was more motivation there and picking up those houses, you can get some better deals throw a light rehab in so you're really not doing things like pulling permits or dragging out some of the things in some of these cities and and get more from a retail buyer than you would have from a wholesaler anyway in almost the time. So whether, uh, that really helped me focus. Good. And then that, whether this be luck or, 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 or otherwise, or just a, maybe a good strategy, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, wholetailing is, some people call it light rehabbing, whatever you want to do, whatever, however you define buying a house, taking it down, you know, either trashing it out, cleaning it up maybe a little bit. You know, some people go, oh, if you're cleaning it up, that's no longer wholetailing, that's rehabbing, whatever. All I know is that spending between three grand and 20 grand on a house and moving it and putting it back on the market to retail buyers within four to six weeks-ish, that's how what I, I'm talking about now. And... Um, and that's what we do. And that's what we've been doing for years. And we, like I said to you before, we just got out of big, heavy, heavy lifts, you know, they cost too much. They lasted too long. The permits, the city, you know, whilst I'm a, a GC, you know, I'm now in, having to go and sort out, you know, the engineer and, but you know, and oh my God, you know, we're in Florida. This has not got enough hurricane straps on it. Let's do it again. And it just, no, it just looked, took way too long. Just, it was, it was too long, too onerous. And, wholetailing you can literally go this is my favorite laminate this is my favorite paint this is my favorite this this is my favorite that and and you can you can really standardize it and um and knock knock houses out you know quickly and yeah i think back to your point about the two weeks that everybody sort of you know crapped themselves um i definitely think it was a case of us as investors and when I mean an investor, I don't mean a real estate investor, whether you're a hedge fund, whether, you, whether you're a hard money lender. If you're in the game of real estate as a profession, um, 2008 is still very fresh in our minds, you know, because it was so, you know, catatonic in, in its nature. We're only 12 years on. And um, I think that when things hit the fan in that mid-March, all of those feelings in 2000, from 2008 just came rushing back to everybody and everybody just hit the pause. But I don't think that the normal retail buyer, you know, um, you know, John Doe is, you know, was really that bothered really about the whole thing. They were going, well, I still need a house. I still want to, you know, got to get out of the mother-in-laws. I've got to get out, you know, whatever. Um, you know, we're still moving to, you know, I've still got a job coming up, you know, my, my new, my new teaching job or, you know, you know, whatever normal, you know, people, um, just didn't get as scared as we did. Um, they just carried on with their lives. 
And then I think that's why you saw those retail sales continue, but all cash buyers, if you were a straight wholesaler and all you'd got were all these cash buyers, a lot of them were going, nope, 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 not buying, you know, um, not lending, not buying. It was amazing how the professional, we as professionals all kind of not ran away, but but we, we, we hit the pause button to see what would happen. And it wasn't until we realized that, you know, the Freddie and the Fannie loans were still processing, buyers at FHA was still going on, you know, so on and so forth, conventional, no problem. Realtors were still, you know, showing houses, selling houses, that we all then gradually kind of like let out the sigh of relief and came back into the market. Yeah, man, you know, again, I, I think that the where people go wrong is they don't take the time to do the research and really look at the facts. And in any business and anything in life, as long as you're willing to look at that and be flexible and pivot, you'll always have longevity, you know? So the, one of the, the, the pros and the cons of the lessons that I feel like I learned from the market changing in 2008 was one, be aware of what's happening. And two, people made a lot of money. Some of the best deals I did were when everything crashed there. And all anybody's been talking about for the last five or six years is that the market's overdue for a correction. Now, again, I don't think anybody could have said it was gonna be because of the coronavirus, but I don't think anybody who's been doing real estate for the last five years was surprised. Like everybody's been talking about this is gonna happen and how they were waiting to adjust their strategy. So yeah. I feel like, why is everybody freaking out? Like, yes, it happened more abruptly, but everybody I feel like was in one way or another preparing for adjusting, not quitting real estate and going, oh, well, you can't do it that way anymore. So now I'm going to get out. It was when this happens, I'm going to do this. And when that happens, I'm going to do that. And as long as you understand that no matter what happens in the market, there's always a way to make money. As long as you just know how to shift a little bit, it's an exciting time, you know, and that that's kind of and that with it was, I know that there's going to be a lot of money to be made right now. I just want to make sure that I get the facts of which way to go. And I think exactly like you're saying, the, the people who didn't take the time to really look at that and decide how to adjust, we're, we're going to be in trouble. And, and even taking it a step further was on the lending side of it, I think more than ever, people are going, man, private money lenders are, are running away because they're scared. I'm thinking that this is going to clear up in, in you know two or three months tops. And there's going to be that FOMO because like you said, people are going to go, I got to get my own place. I got to go back out. I got to get a house. I got to do these things. And I think that there's actually going to be a, a surge. I don't know how long it'll last, but I also think those people that thought that they were in a safe place that went, Hey, my retirement's doing good. My job's secure. All of a sudden that security blanket just got pulled out and they lost a whole bunch of money in the stock market or they lost their retirement or they lost their security blanket job. They're going to go, I really wish I would have invested with Chris six months ago, two years ago, three years ago. Look what he's doing right now. And they're, they're going to be, it's going to be almost easier to get them to jump on an opportunity because they realize by not jumping on the opportunity, they wound up in a crappy spot anyway. So you might as well roll the dice a little bit. So um, I did want to hear a little bit about, because when somebody hears you say, you know, I threw 50 grand into pay-per-click to get 250 to $300,000 worth of deals. There are going to be people that go, well, where the hell am I going to get 50 grand and start advertising? So um, how are you doing that? Or how would you structure that if you were somebody else that maybe didn't have the cash to throw into marketing right now? Exactly how I did it. Absolutely exactly how I did it. You know, I, I you know, as a, um, at the time, you know, I'm here on a, on a, on a US visa, but I would say to everybody, um, you, most people listening to this, we've got far more advantages than I, okay? I didn't have a social security number. I had no credit. 
Um, banks wouldn't lend to me because not only did I, you know, have no credit, um, I was, I was, you know, as they would say, um, a non-conforming loan. Okay. Which means that they couldn't sell, they couldn't give me a credit card because they couldn't sell that debt on the, on the secondary market. Okay. So, um, I had to start from the absolute bottom in terms of, you know, borrowing money. And, and, and so, so I, I had to grow organically. I couldn't, you know, just go and say, right, I'm going to go, go to the end of the bank. I'm going to get, you know, a line of credit against my house or whatever. So I had to start organically. What does that mean? It means I think our advertising budget when we turned it on was 50 bucks a day when we started. Um, and like I said to you, within two or three leads, we ended up with that deal that, you know, we bought for 32 and we spent another, you know, 20 or K in it, something like that, sold it for about 112 grand. Um, so, you know, 50 bucks a day soon becomes a hundred bucks a day. Yeah. And I actually remember like going, Oh my God, we're gonna spend 10 grand this month on PPC. That's crazy. You know? Um, and we did. And, and, and the ROI continued to the KPIs, you know, the ROI continued to be there. And, um, and then we ended up going up to 20 grand. And I remember being in Miami in April and um, being again at advisors council. And uh, again, it was, we're talking about a lot of granular things, but I remember, you know, Lee saying something to the, to the effect of, you know, what's your top three though? What's really going to swing the needle in your business? If you could do, do three things. Yeah. We all want to get, oh, I must sort my email signature out. You're, yeah. I must, you know, go down to the bank and close that account. And yeah, we've all got to-do lists. We've all got big, you know, lists of stuff to do, but this week, what can you do that's going to phenomenally swing the needle in your business? And I just said to him, I'd increase my PPC. And he was like, well, fucking do it then double it. <laughs> so so we went, so what i'm trying to say is we went from 50 bucks a day to you know 100 bucks a day to five grand a month to 10 grand a month to 20 grand a month to 40 grand a month it happened over a five-year four-year period it didn't happen overnight um so that's what i would say to somebody you know who says well i've not got money for, for advertising um you know, borrow some money from you know friends and family. If you look at if you've got a good credit rating, a bank, a credit card, you know where there's a will, there's a way, and um, you know you'll 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 figure it out, and um, you know do some advertising. You know, I, I've never done it. I'll be honest with you, but I hear good things about driving for dollars. Um, so you know, there's 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 a lot of people out there, far more you know who've made millions and millions of dollars who grew up in terrible conditions, abject poverty, and they still found a way. Um, and I guess that that, you know, I'm not one of them, but I'm just saying that there's, there's many people who've, there's books you can read of, 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 of from rags to riches stories, you know, everywhere. So that's what you've got to, you've got to do. No, I think that's great advice. I and mean, one of the things you, you keep bringing up Lee, um, you know, mm. I, I think surrounding yourself with, people that are, you know, I don't want to say smarter, but yeah, I mean, I, I never want to be the smartest guy in the room. And part of, you know, we're in a group chat, I'll give a shout out, you know, with Shane Carter, uh, Kenny Engel, Mike Seidel, um, Dan Guerin, James yep. Ingram, there's, there's great guys on there. And every one of them, like every other day, somebody will post something that I'm like, man, that's really good info. And then you have Lee Kearney, who has, like, I love, like you said, when he was like, man, just fucking do it. 
he's been a very straight shooter with me right from the beginning. And I've always respected like just the, the tough approach of like, you want the best answer. Here it is. Like take that advice and go freaking do something with it. And I've always taken that as like, this is not the kind of guy that I want to go back and have the same conversation with in three months and have to say, I did not listen to what you said because then he's going to stop giving me advice. Cause I look like somebody's wasting his time. And I think surrounding ourselves with people who value their time is really, really a big deal. And sometimes just those little things of like, just do this and it's stuff you might know, but just having somebody confirm or just, you know, put that emotion or just help you figure something out with some, some words is, is just really a huge thing. So I'm a big believer in, in masterminds, like being around guys like you and Lee ha- has really helped me. And, and even, you know, learning how to say no to those things. Like I said, if it's over 350, I'm not even touching it. And I just got a, I got a text from Tim and he was like, Hey man, I'm doing, you know, these trainings for the commercial stuff. And if you're interested and of course, like my immediate reaction, I'm like sending a text like, yes, yes, yes. I want in. And then I was like, no, no, no. Like I finally am doing something with this and focusing. And I just told him that I go, man, I, I love it. But if I commit to that right now, I'm going to now be back into not focusing on something that's making me money. I'm going to be chasing these rabbits. So when I'm ready for that, I'm definitely going to call you and I'm definitely in. I just can't do it right now. And, you know, and that's helped me a lot. So um, it did remind me of, sorry, go ahead. I got thinking just the final point on that as well is, um, I was actually thinking about this this morning, strangely enough, but we're in uh, Puerto Rico. Um, there was a guy, I, I, I can't remember his name now, but I remember saying to him that I just used to focus, focus, focus on, on the best leads. Don't don't worry about the, 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 the me and again, me and Lee were calling the definite no's, you know. The, 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 and he sort of said, no, that's the wrong approach. You know, you, no seller left behind. You want to, you know, all those sellers, you want to try and, you know, maybe even get a listing with them or you want to get a sub two with them or this. And, and for me, I tried that, you know, being a, a, a tight Yorkshireman, you know, I tried to monetize every single lead. And what I realized was you, you, you're chasing the breadcrumbs now, or the, the, the cake, right? The, 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 there's crumbs falling off of the table and you're trying to furiously get all these little crumbs and all these crumbs. And while you're under the table looking for all these crumbs, you know what happens? Somebody comes and steals a whopping piece of cake off you. And the crumbs are just going to, to me, yeah, nobody likes crumbs. Nobody likes losing cake. But the minute you start going, oh, shit, you know, oh, I'll turn it into a sub two deal or I'll, 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 I'll contact a real estate agent and maybe I can get, you know, 50 bucks as a, a referral. Stop, stop, stop. Ring, ring your good leads five times instead of ringing them twice. Text your good leads 10 times instead of ringing them three times. We still do, do deals with leads that came in in 2018 because we're just not chasing those, those, those breadcrumbs anymore, the cake crumbs, the, the, the shiny objects. Oh yeah, we'll set up another arm to the business that'll do this. No, we won't anymore. We're done. We're focusing on that and that's it. Yeah, I think that's huge, man. And uh, again, it's, I've seen the difference. I'm living the difference in doing that. And um, one thing that you also mentioned in another one of the trainings we were at is ha- having the right people in place. And I think you would work with Scott Hannes, but we were in... It might have been Florida, and that was one of the things where when we were leaving, they said, hey, like, what are you going to go do? What are you going to go focus on? And you were like, I got to get some better people in place to run my business under me. So, you know, again, part of running the business is not doing everything yourself. It's getting people, good people, your all-stars in place, and being able to, to lead them and train them the right way. So 
um, you being a business owner and being able to do that stuff, talk a little bit about some changes you made to get key people in place to be able to carry out your business so you can be working, like Mark Evans says, you know, not in the business, but on the business or, or vice versa, but you know what I'm saying? Well, full disclaimer, you know, it's still a weak point of mine. Um, you know, I'm certainly not, you know, running this business, you know, from a, from a cell phone, you know, on a beach. Um, so it's, you know, realizing your weaknesses is, 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 is about, you know, then you can focus on your weakness. Nobody likes talking about the weaknesses. Um, but yeah. And actually I think because of this coronavirus situation, I've, I, you know, when the shit hit the fan, I got really involved with every day, right? Where are we with this project? Where are we with that project? What, what's that real said? What's the, and, and, and then I did that. I don't regret it, but I do feel now again, that things are coming certainly back to normal. Some of the team still kind of like rely on me too much. And they, 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 well, I'll just check with Chris, you know, and I'm getting, I'm trying to retrain people and going, no, don't check with me, you know, make a decision and run with it. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect at that, but what I, what I would say has helped me and Scott, Scott Hannis did come down uh, I had a couple of days with Scott in December. Um, and that was great. I've never worked in the corporate world before. I didn't understand, you know, I left university and went, became self-employed. So I've never done, you know, you know, monthly meetings and, and, you know, this kind of stuff and quarterly reviews and, you know, spreadsheets that say this is what we talked about this is what we did. I never did, I didn't know any of that um so that that's really helped keep keep people you know on 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 the ball but I would say that something that's massively helped is um like doing uh screencast-o-matic videos um this is what I want this is how I want it listed on the MLS this is what I want the disclosures to say I want it to say this here and this here and this there and um you can then create SOPs that says, right, you know, we've got an SOP on listing stuff on the MLS and you can put in Dropbox a Word document with the instructions and you can put on there your screencast-o-matic and anybody who's anybody can go, right, I don't know how to list stuff on the MLS, but if I read Chris's instructions and I watch the screencast-o-matic video, I'm not going to put it on the MLS my way, I'm going to put it on the MLS Chris Kelly's way. Does that make sense? Um, so flow diagrams, SOPs, screencast-o-matic, um, you know, building out our CRM, that's really helped with, when, and, and I think as we try and get even better, what I ultimately want to do, and I don't know how to do this, but mm -hmm. almost like in the CRM, every stage of, you know, we'll use the MLS, right? Now list it for sale on the MLS. I'd like to have like a little link there on our Salesforce that when you click that link, it takes you into the Dropbox file. It's and it, and So it's almost like, anybody can sit down and become you know somebody in, in processing let's say right we need to get an appraisal we need to get a survey we need to get an inspection you know we need to get you know someone this 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 is uh title insurance did we send the escrow deposit you know utilities did we turn the utilities on we turn the utilities off it's almost like we, we want to get these like little links to things that say this is how you do it this is how you do it this is how you do it um and then that, i think that takes a lot of pressure off the team so that you can just focus on decision making does that make sense ever wanted to play the drums or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers dan lamagna dan lamagna has played in such bands as crown of thorns suicide city biohazard the real mckenzie's 
sworn enemy, the walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world, and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-482-0167. Again, text drummer to 833-482-0167 for your free drum lesson. Makes a ton of sense. I love everything you said there. And it, it is interesting because like you just said, um, there's stuff you want in your CRM, but you don't know how to do it. I was never into the systems. The systems to me have been the most overwhelming part of this whole thing. And, you know, I hear when people were like, man, if real estate gets crazy now, we're going to have to go back to short sales and REOs. And I was like, well, that was, that was where I started. That's my bread and butter. I'm all for going back that way. But all this Podio and Zen call stuff, like, so I was forced to kind of go in and learn it. And because of COVID, like you said, instead of just taking the, hey, I, this is how it's done, hire me to do it. I was like, let me take some time and actually see what this actually takes to do so I can understand it better. And just doing stuff like that, like I actually went on Google, watch YouTube, and I figured out how to take what I wanted and how to link it from Podio into my website or into, you know, my, my batch leader to take it from my, my, um, my, my call rail or whatever it is. So I think a lot of those things are, are good. You know, the beautiful part now is for not that expensive for people that want things like that, that are able to, to take brain and go, I'm not sure how to do this, but this is what I want it to do. You could literally hire like a good VA or somebody for a very nominal amount of money that can do that stuff for you. That is not something that was really that easy to do five, 10 years ago and that you can focus on the, the revenue generating stuff. So I think that, that that's absolutely great info. Exactly. Like you're saying, I thought that was really great stuff. And um, like you said, it's, it's a work in progress. I don't know anybody that has that all down, but one of the things Lee Lee's words are always ringing in my head, Lee Kearney, but he said, you know, a lot of what he figured out what he wants is by figuring out what he doesn't want. And that's part of what I've done in that situation with my teams is trying to make the process as basic and simple as possible. So like, for instance, like you said, with the SOPs and filming stuff, um, the 66 unit that I recently sold, it was very, very easy at you go in at 12, you leave at five at 12 o'clock. You were going to FaceTime my property, my, my assistant, cause I didn't want the call. You're going to FaceTime my assistant. And you're going to show her the three things you're doing today that like what, whatever it is we get done, we have to get these three done. So it was like, okay, I'm going to fix unit one, fix, fix unit two, and then evict unit three. Cool. So you're done at five o'clock at five o'clock, you're FaceTiming my assistant again. And you're going to show that you did all the work you said you were going to do on unit one and two. I want to see the eviction notice or the paperwork filed on three. If you forget to FaceTime when you come in, you forget to FaceTime when you leave, or you don't show that that stuff's done, don't expect to get paid for that day next week. So of course they always would forget. And then the next week they would be docked a day or two. And then I was the bad guy. And I went, look, 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 you could train a little kid to FaceTime mommy and daddy before they go to bed. And when they wake up in the morning, if all I asked you to do was give me three things and proof that you did it when you come in and when you go and you couldn't handle that, you were not my person. So it's like you're saying when people were like, I made the SOP, I showed them the video and they still can't get it done. That's not your person. You know, if you make it as basic as that and then they still can't do it, get somebody else because there's somebody else out there that can. And I would agree with that. And I think that I'm sometimes a little bit too, uh, too nice. You know, and maybe, I, maybe I, I don't fire fast enough. Um, mm -hmm. Again, Mark Evans would, would 
give me a slap for that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's right. I think that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm you know, maybe because I don't enjoy the hiring process, maybe, um, that people come and, and, and I, well, let me show you again and let me show you again. And, and of course, they invariably never get it. And um, you end up getting rid of them anyway. And then you think to yourself, oh, God, I should have just got, you know, rid of them on day two because, you know, I gave them a very simple video and they still couldn't do it. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not... It's not a strength of mine, but it's something that I'm working on. And I think that for me personally, the the, the big, big Mike Seidel, if you're listening, um, you know, having having a COO really is my next um, my next mountain. If, you, if we're talking about what's going to swing the needle in your business, um, having you know, so I can focus on on you know more revenue generating tasks. I can focus more on you know our marketing um and and really dialing in cc because because we we do a lot of a lot of stuff on ppc we don't really do well with with lists and i know that that's where 98 everybody says to me oh ppc doesn't work for me this list works for me and that list works for me and so i know there's a huge area of the market that we're that we're not we're not tapping into right now and um we just never seem to get there because you know there's some of the knock on my door and it's um you know your question about you know whatever or another problem or or, or you know um so i think a coo is, is 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 definitely the right step for me i've just not done it yet because again it's it's finding the right person um that that's that's my next my next challenge for sure yeah i, I mean that rings true more than ever to me is i i constantly always say like I've never regretted firing anybody. I've always regretted not doing it sooner. And like you said, it's like relationship. You're in a bad relationship with a girl. You break up with her and then you meet somebody else. You go, I wish I would have broke up with her years ago. Why did I waste all that time? You know, and, and it's hard. I think it's all of us. And um, you mentioned Mike Saddle, man. What a, a smart guy. I, I really like I really like that type of person that's very intelligent, has a great sense of humor. And he's been great, you know, with, with the text and everything on there. I just want to give him a shout out as well. Yep. Um, but another thing I wanted to talk to you about was this whole thing came together because you said you haven't been as out outward on social media as you would have oh, liked. Yeah. And one of the things that um, my buddy Nathan Bibb, he, he's in Mark Evans' mastermind, or he's working with Mark Evans and his guys over there. And when we did our podcast, he goes, man, I was just in Florida with Mark Evans. This was just a few weeks ago. And he was like, and one of the things Mark said was, if nobody is on social media claiming to be the rock star in real estate in your area – you better get your ass online and do it because somebody else is going to any day now and you're going to wish you did. And, you know, it's, I think the same thing, the way that we all struggle a little bit with not fire people and giving people all these chances. I, I mean, as far as I have talked to people that are pretty outgoing on social media, do podcasts, do TV, artists, all kinds of things, almost everybody's uncomfortable doing like even these things. I feel weird doing these things, but I know it's a necessary part of the business to get yourself out there because that's going to result in deals and result in money. And I actually love the videos that you've been putting out there. So, you know, I think the insecurity or the, just the weirdness of, of kind of going out there and doing that is something everybody has, but what, what kind of stuff are you going to start doing now? Because obviously you're seeing like, the area that you're in, whenever I hear somebody say, hey, I have a deal in like the Fort Myers, Naples area, immediately all I think is Chris Kelly, you know? So you definitely have the opportunity to kind of capitalize that and take that over. And I think a little bit of social media goes a long way. Like even this freaking podcast, you know, it's, it's I put a lot of time into it, but I try and just post like a clip a day, 
And yeah. that like turns into all of a sudden, like I found that it ranked like in like the top percent on entrepreneurs and stuff. So awesome. getting your face out there and having those clips, like what you said for going back to that, you did a walkthrough of a, of, of a property and like uh, you, you talked a little bit about what you were going to do. We were doing stuff by taking just that like three to five minute video and chopping it up into five or 10 different little 30 second or one minute mm -hmm. clips and then linking it back to our website. And by doing that for a couple of months, all of a sudden, somebody that I didn't even realize was watching our clips every day, went on our website and was like, I just got my ass kicked in the stock market. I have a million dollars I need to place. And if you guys can place it for me and pay me like four or 5%, I'm me for coffee. I have still never met this person. And my partner at the time went and met her and locked in that money. So I think the more people start to see your face online, they start to think they know you. Like yesterday, I interviewed Bud Bundy and I felt like I've known him forever. I don't know who he is. I look like some weirdo that thought I know them, but you become that celebrity that people go, oh man, I got this house. I know Chris Kelly. I see his face all the time on Facebook. I'm going to call him and give him money or ask him if he wants to buy my house. So, um, you know, just talk a little bit about that process because I do think you're more successful than most of the investors out there that are doing that. And that was really the big thing we wanted to start getting out is that you know, I could hopefully help push you out there a little bit, but talk about some of the numbers that you're actually doing and the profits and things that you're pulling in the, the volume of deals. I think you showed a, a, a shot from your, your screens the other day that you had like 400,000 in profits that's coming up over the next, I don't know, 30, 60 days, but that's a huge thing that somebody might go, well, yeah, I mean, who's he though? He's not doing what this person is like, he's not, he's actually doing better than them. So Give yourself some credit, Chris Kelly. Talk about how you're crushing it in real estate and why people should look at you because you are absolutely the rock star in that Florida market. Well, firstly, the, the, the social media thing, um, you know, it was never an issue with me. Um, I used to go on stage as a kid. Um, so I've never been an issue with being, being in the face of things. I think where I just I just had this idea that you had to hit a certain level or a certain bar, and um, and I thought to my, I always thought you know well once I hit that bar then maybe I'll start you know you know doing something, um, but then I realised that people would were, were way under the bar that I was at, and 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 they were hailed as like gurus, and I'm like going this this person's not doing the same volume as us and, and yet people are like going, oh she's so inspirational it's this, this, this and I'm like god maybe I should do more and then I remember again it was funny I was in we were in Miami I was talking to Dolmar Cross and um Dolmar was saying you've got to keep your face going out there because people will forget you out of sight out of mind and he, he really had me laughing because I, I'll get the story slightly wrong here but Dolmar if, if, if you <laughs> I think it's his dad that forgot he was involved, his, his own son was involved in real estate. So he ended up selling his house through somebody else instead of letting Dolmar list it or something like that. And then Dolmar didn't get the sale. He was like, dad, dad you know, I'm a real estate agent. And his dad was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the point is, is that, you know, whilst, you know, people go on social media and like pepper social media every like day, like you're saying, or, or, or two days or whatever, you know, it's something I must do more because because I'm thinking to myself, well, I put a post up there a week. You know, it's not it's not enough. Um, so, yeah. Um, in terms of um, the videos, we're I'm really, you know I like doing those videos. It's good to get out of the office. It's good to see people that you're a real person and you're not just you know the all the BS that maybe you see on a lot of the, the Facebook group or whatever. It's good that 
people go, oh yeah, you know, I do, I do genuinely know that guy. He's, you know, he's the guy with the British accent with the with the shit hair. You know, that's that's that <laughs> guy, right? Um, <laughs> you got great hair. I had to wear a hat because I couldn't get a haircut yet. And 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 you know, there's there's palm trees in the background, and you're in Florida, so people people go, oh, I can connect the dots now. Yeah, that makes sense. He's not just some kid in the basement saying he's doing stuff that he's not. Um, so that's really cool. And, and it has helped me in, already in terms of business and people connecting with me that I didn't know. And you're know, saying, look, you know, I've got some money and, and I'll place it with you and, and, and a, bit, a bit like your story. So, so that's been incredible. But in terms of numbers, um, yeah, we, we um, every time I go, Tim Bratt said this, every time I go to one of these mastermind things, it's like when you play the uh, Mario Kart and you go on the, you're driving along at a certain speed and then you hit one of those little arrows and then woof, it doubles your speed, right? So every mastermind I, I, I go to, I go to, I go to think of something that's going to um, drive the needle, like, like Lee would say. And I always come away with two or three things that's going to really drive the needle. And um, I got back from Utah and it was Tim that was like, if you had only three months to double your business, then you literally, somebody's got a gun to your head, your family's heads. You've got three months to double your business or, people are getting shot what are you going to do you, you and and that makes you start really thinking about what you're going to do and we uh, really looked at that in in december and, and january and um and as we sort of analyzed it more did better things with our ppc asked better questions to his sellers and and, and all this kind of stuff we were we yeah we got up to about 250 to you know three hundred thousand dollars a month in and 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 that's maybe 10, it's, it's only 10 deals a month. Um, not many wholesales at all. When I say wholesales, I mean like, you know, an, an assignment or a double close or whatever, but whole tales, light rehabs, you know, we were doing about 10 a month um, and making 20, 25 grand per, per deal. So that's where you rack up, you know, 200, 250 grand. And then you'd put a little bit of actual like stuff that you don't want, like, it's outside of my pumpkin. Like, okay, it's 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 in the right area, but it needs a hundred grand rehab. So you just kind of bat it out there and see if you get anybody who sticks up the hand. You know, we've not wasted too much time with that. But that's how we top up a you know a bit of our a bit of money there. So um, brought in a deal yesterday, Clearwater. You know, got it for hundred and seven grand. ARVs easily two fifteen something like that. Needs maybe thirty forty grand spending in it. Um, you know, um, this we bought a house in St. Pete's. St. Pete's in Florida is crazy right now. But um, some guy got a squatter in his house, and um, we've never even been in it. I, I, I should post something about this. Never been in it. I've, we've driven by it, make sure it's not on fire or anything like that. Um, and and we bought it for twenty thousand dollars. And uh, I can see on the MLS there's bank owned. Ario's, you know, absolute cluster of a house, you know, then they're selling for cash for like 60, 65, 70 grand. We picked this up for 20 and all we've got to do is get rid of a guy out of the house. All we need is in vacant possession. Hell, I bet I could sell it for for 40 even with the guy in there. Um, (laughs) So, you know, what? and then, and then sometimes magical deals come along, you know, in the end, this, this isn't something that we would buy after COVID because it's, it's not, you know, is it in a, in a, in a risk sense, but we bought up a deal in Ruskin, Florida, and, um, we picked it up for 280 grand and, um, we've spent 50 grand in it. 
And once we did it, once we were finished with it, we were like, you know what, this is a lot nicer than we thought it was. You know, when you're buying stuff remotely and all you see is pictures and things. And again, this is quite nice with the videos. Now I'm actually going to more properties because I'm doing these videos. I'm actually seeing stuff in those properties that I wouldn't have seen sat behind a computer screen. And we, we, we looked at this deal. And um, anyway, so we bought it for 280. We spent 50 in it. And uh, we've now got it back under contract for uh, 470K. Wow. That's outstanding, man. Great job. So there's like a hundred and there's closing costs to pay. There's holding costs to pay. There's hard money to pay, but yeah, it's 150 grand worth of uh, difference there. So big, big number. Yeah, man, that that's outstanding. And one of my, uh, one of my favorite people, Catherine Messina, if she's listening, she just picked up a flip over in that area too. I was telling her to link up with you, but the cool thing about where you are is people all over the world want Florida real estate. You know, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Like you markets up, markets down, people are still going to overpay for that. And um, and you say, maybe I'll even buy that from you. I'm looking for a potential place around there. It's a beautiful area. I'll sell it to you. I agree. hundred grand. hundred grand. Yeah. (laughs) You you know, it's like you said, you you swing for base hits and every now and then you knock it out of the park. But I think if people are like, you know, they're getting started and they only want the sexy stuff, they only want to hit grand slams. That's when you wind up waiting around forever. But those deals you're talking about, you know, you get 10 deals a month with 20, 30 grand profit in it. The average American works 40 hours a week for an entire year to make 30 to 40 grand. And you're talking about hanging out, some stuff on social media to bring in other people's money, put some advertising costs in and literally be able to live like an amazing life. And even if you did that once a quarter, that's still better than what beats like the nine to five in traffic or you know, nobody can tell you, Hey, you're, you're locked out of your job now because of COVID man. So I'm, I'm, I just think it's stuff. I'm name dropping here a little bit, but um, I'm still upset with him because he took the, uh, he's got the advisors council uh, belt right now, but you were talking about what works for people and doing something a little bit different and a little bit quirky. And I've never done this. I haven't done this promise, but um Apparently, it works quite well when people are, instead of buying lists off list source and all the rest of it, we're talking about how you get your own list. And Steve Morris, um, who's a you know, bit of a Facebook um, celebrity, um, he always oh, says, he says, look, go on the trash map of which, your city. Go on the trash map and you'll see what day the trash is getting collected in X neighborhood, Okay. Drive around the night before or the morning before, get up early, you know, get your ass out of bed and see which houses have not put the trash out because the houses that have not put the trash out are probably either vacant or you've got like a hoarder situation or, or, or we know whatever that looks like. He's like, there's you. He's like, Steve Morris says he's made hundreds of thousands of dollars by doing that. So there you go. He's saying you've got no money for advertising. Get out of bed at 4am and go and have a look for trash cans. I love it, man. How bad do you want it? And you, I kept giving you the vote because I wanted to see a dominant champion for the belt holder. So (laughs) you still, you could, you're you're a former champion, hopefully recurring champion, but you know, Steve Morris, you were, you were talking about um, people that have regs. And I think it's really cool because now with social media, everything's documented. So you don't even have to go find some book for somebody that made money 10, 20, 30 years ago, like read about Robert Kiyosaki or read about Finn Merrill, but you never actually saw it. You could literally now, go back and watch Steve Morris's Facebook post from five years ago and then look at him today and be like, I can literally document the journey of thousands of people from when they were working a nine to five job and trying to figure out a way with no time or no money to get into the deal and literally watch them on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or Instagram 
take this entire journey. So every single day there's somebody that's changing their life or making money doing real estate or quitting their job or helping their family or, or you know, I just had Bill Allen on. He just gave a house to veterans. Like there's amazing people doing amazing things every single day and there's no reason it can't be somebody else listening to this. So, you know, there's just a matter of excuses. How bad do you want it? Get up at 4 a.m., borrow money from somebody, get on another list, you know, join a mastermind, get on a Facebook group, but it, it's out there for you, you know, so. Yeah, and, and, and back to the social media, I guess, you know, it's something I'm not do, doing a lot. It's something I'm not, it's another weakness of mine, like I said, but um, I have definitely, definitely noticed that the, 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 the way people are advertising is changing. And, and, you know, my sister is, is involved in television and you can see now that, um, that, that, that commercial, the amount of revenue that come out of it, comes out of television commercials is declining and so less people are making television shows and the reason it's declining is for a number of reasons you know like i have direct tv so i can just hit pause i can just hit record i don't want to watch the commercials but if i'm forced to watch the commercials like i'm watching football let's say what's the first thing you watch the next time you're watching football with everybody when that commercial comes on where do everybody's eyes go down to the phone Nobody's watching commercials anymore. Even if you're forced to watch commercials, you still don't watch the commercials. You spend four minutes on Facebook and then the game comes back on and then you're back to the game, right? So, you know, again, Steve Morris, I don't know where he, I think he just makes this up, but uh, <laughs> he, he said, um, apparently you uh, scroll with your thumb on average seven meters a day, which is like eight yards. Um, just because you're doing that one inch swipe um that's how much people are looking at, at content on their phones they're not looking at content on on the television anymore it's 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 not happening um so yeah social media is 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 here to stay and it's it's either you know get on it or you know it's that the blockbuster thing isn't it it's either you 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 grow and and you become a netflix or you continue to sell vhs's and you know you die yeah yeah, you become a dinosaur fast and a lot of people became dinosaurs overnight in marketing a lot of under, other industries when COVID came. So um, yeah. I won't take up your whole day, dude, but I, uh, so I like to end this with what I call the victory lap and okay. give you a couple of uh, final questions before we go into this. So first final question, what was the worst job you ever had before you got into real estate investing? What was the worst job that I ever had? Um, in 2008, nine um i ended up going into property management because we needed to i couldn't buy houses to rent anymore so because uh, the mortgages weren't there so i ended up going into property management and um whilst i loved the the, the memory of it and i met some great people and my now ex-business partner who, who, who i loved to pieces but um I was the sort of the maintenance guy, right? He was the management guy, I was the maintenance guy. So we were literally like section eight houses in, in a place called in Barnsley in, in, in England. And I was basically cleaning toilets and, um, you know, we're trashing out these houses and just the most disgusting places, imagine, worst environment imaginable, uh, you know, under baths with, you know, literally shit all over the floor and things like that. So that was a pretty bad job. That was humbling after 2008, that's, yeah. Fair enough. That, that's, that's up there. Uh, second question, knowing what you know now about life and business, what would you tell a younger you if you got to meet yourself today? 
don't figure it all out. You try and figure it all out yourself. You've, you've, um, no matter how, because people have always said to me, you know, you know, I was buying houses while I was still at university. They're like, wow, you know, that's amazing. You know, you're such an entrepreneur. You so, oh, you must be so clever. So maybe that kind of, you know, if I'm being honest, maybe I've got a bit of a, I can figure this out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smarter than your average cat. And then again, you end up meeting other people and you end up going, oh, this guy, he's run laps around me for the last 10 years. If I'd have just met this guy 10 years ago, I'd have been, I'd have been where I am now within one year instead of 10 years. So I, I guess I'm definitely guilty of um, trying to figure it all out myself and then and learning by my mistakes. What you should do is find a mentor, find somebody, find, you know, read books, you know, whatever that is, because people have already figured it out 50 times better than you already. You might as well just learn, learn from them and, 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 not make the mistakes. I think that's great advice, man. I 100% agree. Third question, cash or credit card, how are you going to pay Dan Garrett on the $25,000 you owe him? <laughs> <laughs> Dan Garrett owes me the 25,000. I don't know how- Ah, uh, I'm gonna have to have him on. I don't know how the whole thing got reversed so, uh, <laughs> so crazily. That's I said initially, you know, just because I'm such a nice guy and he gets to spend time in my company, he owes me the 25,000. And then he reversed that somehow. He gave me some piece of advice and I was like, yeah, that's awesome, thanks. And he was like, so now you owe me 25,000. I was like, well, no, that just makes us even. He was like, no, no, it doesn't. You owe me 25 grand. <laughs> I challenge you, Dan. Dan, come, come on and tell, tell that story another way. Yeah, hey, I sent him an invite. He never took it to come and get interviewed. So as of now, <laughs> I'm gonna say that he owes you that money. That's where my- That's right, he's running is. scared. He's running scared. Boom, boom, cool. Well, I appreciate it, man. So tell people, how, how do they find you? How do they connect with you? Um, if they wanna buy properties from you, sell properties to you, maybe talk about ways to get involved financially with some of your deals. How can they, uh, how can they approach you and work with you? Yeah, you know, you can uh, you can reach me obviously on 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 the usual channels. You know, Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, I'm trying to actually find uh, my Instagram. You see, this is how bad I am on social media. I'm Chris P Kelly one one one. That is my Instagram. Chris P Kelly one one one. You'll find me again here yeah, on Facebook. Um, maybe, I don't know, you can put a link on there or something with my, my email yeah. or, or whatever that looks like. Um, yeah, um, the website's Fast Sale Florida, but don't don't click on our ads. That costs us money, so please don't. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Chris Kelly, I appreciate it, man. You definitely bring your A-game. Um, you guys on that group chat have been teaching me a ton. All the same people we're dealing with, Tim and Lee and everybody, have been awesome. It was really good to get on and connect with you. And I, I'm not going to be in Charleston next weekend, but uh, as soon as they let us have another mastermind, I'm hoping September, man, beers on me. I got you covered. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, really, I'm hoping to get to Charleston. I'm, um, so, uh, yeah, very much so. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, shame, awesome. you won't, shame you won't be there, but next time. Tell everybody I said hello and uh, have a good time, man. Share any good nuggets you get. And um, any final thoughts before I let you go? No, I do. Well, I just want to say thanks for, uh, thanks for the invite. This is my first ever podcast again i'm trying to trying to get outside my uh not, again not comfort zone but do do things a little bit different in uh, 2020 so um thanks for having me i really enjoyed it 
Oh, dude, I had no idea this was your first podcast. You did awesome. That was great. You, you're a natural. You just got to get your face out there more with that great hair of yours. <laughs> <laughs> the Lego hat. Thank you. Have a good weekend, man. I'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Bye, thanks, man. If you guys are getting anything from the podcast and some of the great knowledge and tips that the guests are sharing, please take a minute and leave a review on iTunes or any of your platforms with some stars and some comments, helping spread the promotion and spread some visibility for the podcast, for the guests, and for the knowledge so we can continue to do this. It'd only take a minute. I appreciate it if you guys could take the time. It would go a very, very long way. Again, leave a review on iTunes, start to share, start to spread the word. I really would appreciate it if you're getting anything out of this. Thank you.